If you have your copy of God's Word, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. And we'll look at verses 5 and 6 tonight, Lord willing. Hebrews chapter 13. And if you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Hebrews chapter 13. Starting with verse 5. Here the Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the reading of your word tonight. Thank you for each one of these that came out, Lord, to worship you. Lord, we thank you for the good, sweet spirit we felt here, the good singing, the songs, the fellowship. Lord, everything that's took place, we just thank you so much for. Lord, we thank you for the, the freedom to come and worship you. And Lord, we're praying now that you help us as we try to preach, Lord, that you'll preach through us and for us. And God, that your word will do a mighty work in our hearts tonight. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, I'd like to address an issue tonight that affects every man and woman on the face of this earth. And this message really is for both Christians and non-Christians. Um, ever since God created man and woman, we know in the garden as the sin entered in as man fell. These problems that we're going to talk about tonight have affected every individual, every human being, except for the Lord Jesus, of course. But I want to look at tonight on four things the devil uses against you, and I've titled the message, Four Devilish Distractions. Four Devilish Distractions. Now, here in our opening text, the Hebrew writer, whom I personally believe to be the Apostle Paul, uh, pins down these words to the Hebrews is around 68 A.D., so approximately 35 years after the Lord Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again. Christianity was still young at this time. Uh, so the apostle here is writing to help those in their new, fresh walk with Christ. Now, please don't let the fact that this is over 2,000 years old uh, make it seem like it's not relevant to you it is very relevant um, we need to see the great truths that's in there for us today and the word of god my friend is timeless and it's true and relevant today as it ever has been and even more so today we need the word of god more than any other time in this world in verse 5 of our text says let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. That word right there, conversation, as it's used here, what it means is your, your fashion, or your manner, or your habits, or the way you are. You could think of it that way. It's more than just the words you speak. In fact, it's, it's more about how you speak them and where they come from but it's it's how you live your life how somebody knows you it's like your manner um you know certain people you know just by their manner and you might say that's just his manner that's the way he is well that's what we're talking about here our conversation as a christian 
we need to be without covetousness. That means, of course, wanting things all the time, covet after them, lust after them, greed. And that's what we want to talk about in that first devilish distraction tonight is greed. Here the Bible, our King James, calls it covetousness. And that's another word for greed. Uh, the Bible says over in Matthew fifteen eighteen through 19, the Lord Jesus says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Uh, we see that these conversations that we have, our manner that we have, the way that we conduct ourselves comes from our heart. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You may at one time think, Well, down in my heart I believe such and such, or I love you with all my heart. Well, that heart's deceitful, the Bible says. Be very careful where you place your trust. But that word greed right there, that word covetousness, greed as we're calling it, it's a desire to have something. It's loving things, especially the things of the world. We're talking money, fame, fortune, power, lots of different things that people have greed for. The list is actually endless. The devil uses greed against us because he knows it's one of those hot buttons that he can push. Everyone has a touch of this greed. If you don't believe me, just go and, and uh, see something that you like and watch somebody else grab it before you can. <laughs> and you'll right quick find out you've got a little bit of greed down in there. <laughs> uh, that last piece of fried chicken that's sitting on the table, if somebody gets it, they're getting a fork in their hand. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I have that greed when it comes to fried chicken. Uh, but we have these certain temptations uh, that, that causes us to want to get stuff. And so it'll lead us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. It leads us to do sinful things. It leads us to go places we shouldn't be going. It leads us to say things we should never have said. It, it leads us to do all kinds of things just to please this greed that we have so that we can get it. Uh, the temptation of playing the lottery or gambling. Ow! Mm. That hurts, Brother Byron. I know. And, you know, it seems so innocent. Well, I can just go down the store and get me a scratch off and start scratching off. Well, all right. I, I know people that do that. And you can try to justify that as being okay. But the fact is, it causes us to be greedy. Uh, it causes you to desire. You want to be the winner. You want, and, and if you just want a dollar, you wouldn't be very happy. You want more than that. <laughs> and so the greed keeps compiling upon it. And uh, you know there's a travel agency in Kentucky. You can look it up. I've already done it. It's called Going on Faith. This is uh, supposed to be a religious faith-based travel agency, and they market toward church groups. Uh, mostly senior citizens, and they like to pick them up on a bus and take them to Harris Cherokee Casino or Winna Vegas in uh, in Iowa, and uh, they can gamble in state of the art gambling facilities, uh, slot machines, thousands of gaming tables. That was on their website, and this is um, focused upon faith. It says. 
Friends, listen, you can slap a pair of high heels and lipsticks on a pig and it's still a pig. It's no beauty queen. We raised hogs when I was a boy. And you can wash that thing and you know what? It's getting right back in the mud and wallowing around. And so you can say that there's nothing wrong with that. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, you know better. And the devil loves to use greed against you. And why do you think every time you turn on the television today, you know what you see? Betting commercials. Tennessee is uh, one of how many of the 30, I believe there's 35 states now, that allow online gambling. And Tennessee is one of those. I believe it's been going on now for maybe two, three years here in Tennessee. Maybe two, I can't remember. Uh, but every time you turn on the TV, almost every commercial now is for sports book gambling. It's no accident that Peyton Manning and his family is now trying to urge you to gamble your money away. Uh, they have a commercial. It's one of the most popular ones, Caesars Sportsbooks. And they want you to give your money to that. Jamie Foxx, a popular actor, he wants you to be the king of sportsbooks and bet on uh, bet MGM. And then Kevin Hart, another popular actor, he wants you to win instantly on DraftKings Sportsbooks. And they make it look so exciting. If you just get on there and, and the first time, they'll let you do it for free. They'll, they'll let you take a gamble. And boy, after that, you're hooked. It's because of this greed. That's why last year there were 270,000 people that called in the National Problem Gambling Helpline because they were addicted to gambling. That was a 45% increase from the previous year. And they relate it directly to the commercials for online gambling. Uh, this uh, past year, from September 2021 through May of 2022, U.S. sports betting operators spent an estimated $282 million on TV ads, which generated more than 18 billion impressions. 18 billion commercials shown on television. And so the the lottery industry has handled $57.2 billion in money wagered that way. Uh, listen, friends, all this stuff, it appeals to greed. The devil will use that against you. He'll get you to spend money you don't have. He'll get you to get into your kids' savings. He'll get you to get into your own savings. He'll get you to cash in your 401K and spend it on, on gambling because it appeals to your greed. And before you know it, you're penniless, and you're one of these guys we see walking down the sidewalk, don't have a penny to his name, bumming money. And that's where you end up. The devil will distract you from that. Now, I'm not putting these, these people down. I've, I've worked all around the homeless people, and I know some of them's out there on their own accord. But a lot of them, they've got into things, and it went too far, and now look where they're at. And it'll happen to you before you know it. Uh, we covet things. Jesus teaches a great lesson against coveting. Listen to what he says over in Luke 12, 13 through 21. And there's a lot of people around at this time. This is the time he's been spending speaking to the Pharisees and his disciples as well. They've been a lot of questions going on and uh, people coming to him and asking him for things. <laughs> Listen to this, Luke 12 and 13. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? 
And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns, and I'll build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. What an awful thought to think all the greed that people have, the things that we have to store and, and keep and collect, and we just can't live without them. Uh, as we, like I said, as we went through all the mom's stuff, and we gave most of it away to Carm. And uh, what we didn't give away, a lot of it went to the dump, and then she kept a few things. But over all the years, we realized, I, I saw the things, and, and I told my wife, I said, this just makes me realize, I've got too much stuff. I need to clean out. i got to get rid of stuff. I have got a garage I can barely walk in. Why? It's just piled full of stuff that I thought I needed. I just had to have it. Uh, listen, this greed, it, it causes us to do such things, and it eventually becomes our idol. I used to be a great big NASCAR fan. I'm still a great big guy, but I'm not a NASCAR fan as much as I used to be. And uh, my favorite driver was Tony Stewart. Go ahead and start throwing things. Um, I collected Tony Stewart memorabilia, and I must have had hundreds of dollars worth of it. I had the die cast. I had the little ones, the big ones. I had the very latest ones. I had everything you can imagine. I had the bobbleheads and the electric cars and if it's Tony Stewart, I had it. And uh, the Lord convicted me one day, you are spending way too much time and attention and money on something that means literally nothing. And I gave it, I gave it to the yard sale they were having, and, they, and some guy bought it all. I guess he's coveting after it now. But uh, we find ourselves doing such things. Before we know it, it it'll happen in, in just in a blink of an eye. And the devil will love to distract you with those things. You see, because when you're spending all your time, thought, energy, money, and everything on that greed stuff, you're not spending it on the Lord. And so the devil knows. If you're saved, he can't touch your soul, but he can sure try to mess everything else up, and he'll use your greed against you. Don't let this devilish distraction get to you. The second devilish dis uh, distraction that I want to talk about is discontentment look there again in verse 5 it says and be content with such things as you have we live in the most discontent society in the in the entire world in the history of of man uh it is so discontent people are discontent with their lives their jobs their families their bodies you name it we're all discontent and the devil will use it against us why do you think the divorce rate right now in the U.S. is around 50%? Uh, approximately half of all marriages end in divorce today. And not just the world. I'm talking Christians. 
ending in divorce. Um, and that's just for first-time marriages. Uh, the rate gets much higher for second and third marriages, which is 67% of second-time marriages and 74% of third-time marriages end in divorce. And why is it that so many people are are divorcing? Now, I don't know anybody in here what your your story is if you've been divorced. I'm not preaching against being divorced today. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is a lot of people that are divorced, it's because someone in that in that relationship became discontent with something their partner uh how their life was going whatever it was i know i've known people that said my life i just can't believe how my life's went you know i should never have married that woman and so they'll get they'll get divorced and he'll move on to somebody else and and then he'll get through with her and he'll move on to somebody else never is going to be content with anything and that's the way people are today and and the television, movies, and TV shows, that's that's normal. And they want to make that the norm. And so people sit there and look at it and say, well, uh, it's normal. That guy had five, six wives. You know, that's, that's no big deal. And so it's discontent, the feeling of, or, or the feeling of being discontent. And uh, people look at other people and they'll say, well, you know, boy, they did a whole lot better than I did. I think I'm going to, you know, get me something else. Uh, they look a lot happier than I am. I need to do whatever they're doing. I made a big mistake, and I deserve. See, the devil will convince you you deserve all this happiness and bliss and to be like the guy next door. And meanwhile, the devil is laughing with every divorce, every family that's destroyed, every child that is now going without parents. And listen, it's not just discontent in, in uh, families or, or marriage. Uh, As I mentioned this morning, young girls discontent with the way they look. Uh, They see these people on TV and they think that they're supposed to look like them, these movie stars and singers and and, uh, idols and all these things. And so they want to change how they look, change their their face and uh, uh, everything. I'm not preaching against wearing makeup or doing your hair or nothing like that. You know, look as good as you can. But I'm saying they are so discontent with the way they look and uh again it goes back to social media and how they got to post a selfie of themselves online if somebody didn't like it didn't like the way they looked it totally crushes them and so they're discontent with how they look that's why you see drug overdoses people jumping off bridges putting guns in their mouths and uh everything else and the devil is laughing the entire time because he's using discontentment against us You've got people like the former Olympic gold medal winner. How many people in here could not believe their ears when they heard that Bruce Jenner thought he was a woman? At 65 years old, transitioning himself into a woman named Caitlin Marie, thinking that was going to make him happy. It didn't work. He's not happy. That man's not happy. Maybe you saw on the news recently a 38-year-old Romanian woman who went to a doctor to have Botox injections and was accidentally injected with snake venom, leaving her paralyzed. Listen, uh, the devil will distract you and make you think that you're discontent with all these things, and you'll do so, can I say the word stupid? You'll do the most stupid things that you've ever done in your life. And the whole time the devil's just sitting back laughing got another one the third devilish distraction we want to look at is one that we're all guilty of 
I'm going ahead right here and now raise my hand. And it's worry. Worry. We're a bunch of worry warts these days, worrying over this, worrying over that. And the problem is we spend the majority of our time worrying over things that we cannot control. Something that we have nothing to do with. We just, we think something's going to happen. We believe something's going to happen. Something has happened and we know something else is going to happen because of it. And so what do we do? We worry, we worry, we worry when there's not a thing we can do to change it. And we're not happy with just worrying with ourselves. We have to get other people involved with our worrying. So what do we do? We call somebody else out. You're never going to believe this. I'm worried to death. And we get them worried. And then they've got to call somebody and they get somebody else worried. And before you know it, the whole neighborhood's worried over something that nobody has control over. And the devil loves that. He loves it when we're so wrapped up in worry and and, and wondering what we're going to and what's happening the whole time we're doing this. We're not thinking about the source that we have available to us. We're not thinking about how we need to reach out, as verse 6 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Listen, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, there's no need for us to worry about things, but we spend an abundant amount of time doing it uh, I've seen people that they'll get on Facebook and boy, they'll just put down all these things that's going on in their life and how it's got them so depressed and upset and worried and it wasn't anything they did or some or, or anything they can do about. But boy, they want to tell the world about it. And now we've got all Facebook all worried. The Bible says, "Fear not what man shall do, because the Lord is our helper." How easy is it for us to forget the Lord? We forget about him. We forget all about going to the Lord. I've got this problem. First thing we need to do is remember, go to the Lord with it. Don't go to your neighbor. Don't go to your best friend. Don't go to somebody else. Go to the Lord first. Go to him. He's there for you. He loves you. And uh, look, we're always looking inward for answers. When we need to be looking upward for answers. King David, he knew about this, and his time of stress and worry. Listen to what he writes in Psalms 118, 5 through 9. It says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. If you notice there, verse 6 in Psalms 118 is what the Hebrew writer is quoting in verse 6 of Hebrews 13. I called upon the Lord in my distress. The Lord is my helper And I will not fear what man shall do. Listen, the truth is the Lord loves us. He cares for us. He has our best interest at heart. So why in the world do we put him second or dead last when it comes to worry? We should call on him in our times of need and worry. And and the Bible says we can do it boldly. Boldly say. Look, don't let the devil distract you with worry. The fourth and final one that we want to talk about tonight of devilish distractions is 
distraction. Distraction. And he uses it against us. Every single one of the three things we just mentioned all can fall under this category. Distraction. With her mind on things, being discontent, being filled with worry, greed, filling her heart, it keeps us distracted from what we need to be doing. We get all wrapped up in everything else. Wrapped up into this world and all the meaningless things that's here. We continue with our greed, our discontentment, our worry, and it damages our relationship with the Lord. It doesn't separate us from Him, but we push ourselves further and further away as we get bogged down into all that mess. Distracted. And he don't just distract us with these things we've been talking about tonight. It's all kinds of things. Entertainment, music, books, sports, hobbies, games, social media. All these things are distractions. And the devil absolutely loves them. Now, I'm not saying we can't have fun. I mean, there's things we can do that's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, And uh, but we've got to keep our distractions at a minimum. How many people do you know if they were taking their last dying breath in this world would say, I wish I'd have watched more football. Not a one. You know what? Most people in their last dying breath is, I'm praying that I'm going to heaven. Listen, right now, as I stand here right now, I don't have one shadow of a doubt that when I die, I will go to heaven. I am saved, and I'm saved to the uttermost. And when I die, I'll be in the presence of the Lord. But when we're on that deathbed, and I've known people like this, been saints all their life, precious ones that's just worked for the Lord and done everything in the world for the Lord, been saved. And on that deathbed, they question, am I going to go to heaven? Is the Lord still with me? Friends, it's real. It's real. But we know what the Bible tells us. We can be assured of our salvation. I don't know what it's like to be be dying. I've never been close enough to death to know that. But I've been around a lot of folks like that. But the devil will distract you with these things. Uh, recently, Lifeway did a, a church survey, and they found that two in five churches modified their Sunday evening services because of the Super Bowl. Now, I've got nothing against football. Nothing against the Super Bowl. I like the Super Bowl. I'll watch it. I don't care nothing about the halftime show, but I'll watch the football. And, uh, but some of these churches decide they'd close and have Super Bowl watch parties. I know, Brother Byron, it's only one time a year, and Lord knows my heart, and I go to church every time doors open, but when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday now, I'm going to be at home. Listen, I... I wonder sometimes what would have happened if the church one mile from here, Elm Street Baptist in 1972, if the Super Bowl had been going on that night that I got saved and they'd closed their doors for it, would I be saved today? Because that church was open and I was sitting on the pew and I heard the gospel preached. And I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm saved. But what if that church had modified its services so that people can go and watch the Super Bowl? 
What if that one person that needed salvation that night came to that church? Closed. So the devil will distract us with these things. And you better believe we will stand before the Lord at the end of our life. And he's not going to ask you who won the Super Bowl. He's not going to ask who won the World Series. He's not going to ask who got the championship in NASCAR. But we're going to answer for those things, both good and bad, that we've done in our bodies since we've been saved. We're going to answer for those things we've did for the Lord. The devil delights in distraction. So what's our answer for this? All these things the devil uses against us, these distractions, we'll look back at our text in, in verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. In other words, we must plead the blood. We must go to the Lord Jesus to help us with this because, quite frankly, we don't have it in us. We need his help. We are frail. We're, we're not uh, able to do most things on our own. We need the Lord's help. We need to rely upon him. When greed, discontent, worry, distraction, when they come up in our life, lean on the Lord. Not a self-help book. Not Oprah Winfrey. Not some talk show host or radio program. Lean on the Lord. And finally, I want to leave you with these words that the Apostle Paul penned down. In Philippians 4, 4 through 8. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Isn't it wonderful that God gave us a self-help book? People always run into self-help books for everything in the world. This is what we have for our self-help. Because the Lord, this is, this is the, the very word of God. The very breath of God breathed into this book. And it's, it's alive. It's alive. And it's our help for everything we need. Don't allow the devil to distract you with these devilish distractions. We only talked about four tonight. I could stand up here and talk about a, a hundred and four probably. But anytime you find yourself, you're, you're facing these distractions, remember, boldly say unto the Lord, the Lord is my helper. I do not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord is my help. He's my strength. He's my strong tower. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this message. Lord, if it's not helped another single soul in this world tonight, it's helped me tremendously. Oh, God, the times that we allow ourselves to get distracted, Lord, the, the times the devil messes with us, pushes all of our buttons, Lord, and, and we find ourselves in greed and discontentment and worry and all these things, God, we've talked about tonight. Lord, if we just remember that you're there for us, Lord, all we've got to do is just speak to you. 
Lord, you're there. You're sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And God, we need to remember that at all times. Help us with it, Father. We're nothing. We're frail. We need you. Lord, if there's one here tonight with a need, Lord, would you meet that need tonight? Would you, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Lord, convict their heart and show them the need to turn it over to you? And Lord, we want to give you praise, honor, and glory for everything. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.